Hello, podcast listeners. This is Alan Barr from alanmbar.com, Internal Tools Product Manager, and this is The Alan Barr Show, a podcast on technology, business, self-improvement, and other topics that are interesting to me. Today's topic is about learning and making a learning management system for yourself. The person that I think articulates this the best is Tiago Forte, where he has a system called the Second Brain, which is a knowledge management system that he uses to learn and to be prolific in creating content. And I think the people that are out there that are the most prolific in creating content on YouTube, on podcasts, videos, all kinds of avenues, mediums, are the people with these kinds of systems. Now you might be wondering, what is a second brain? A second brain is a personal notebook of ideas that you are constantly collecting. You're reshaping, you're reforming them, and then over time you're creating new artifacts of that knowledge that you've learned and created new ideas through synthesis of other ideas that you collect, right? So in today's show, we're going to have three acts. The first act is about building the system, what tools, what principles should you start with. The second act is about how to be taking smart notes. I think that's really key to focus on in developing your system. And then the third act is making learning a habit. And I think that is going to be core to your success in the future with working with your second brain or your knowledge management system. All right, let's get started. So when I first learned about the second brain and Tiago Forte, uh, I saw that he used Evernote and that might work for you or not. I chose personally to use Notion. I don't think a tool matters here that much. Each tool has a benefit and a problem. Every tool is not perfect. However, you need to have something. So it could be done with physical paper. It could be a digital tool. It's really up to you. It's really about the process of collecting and organizing information in an accessible way that you're gonna keep doing. So really focus on what you like and what you wanna use. For my purposes, I'm okay with Notion. It's gotten me where I need to go for the majority of my things, and I don't really want to think too much about the tools and the systems and the processes. Once I have it in place, I just want to do it and make it part of my daily habits. So that's what I really want you to focus on. The techniques that I learned from Tiago Forte that really kept it focused and clear for me how to organize my, my data, my knowledge, is a system he calls PARA, which is Projects, Areas, Resources, and Archives. There are other systems out there that do a similar thing. The idea is if someone's already defined a organization system and it works for you, use it. If you have your own that you have already crafted, continue to use it. However, this is not an area I want to spend a lot of time thinking about. So I was totally fine with PARA. So in my notion, what I have set up are some top-level databases, for the, those four areas, the projects, areas, resources, and archives. And then I also have an inbox and my weekly agendas. And that's pretty much it. I have some other areas which are like content and resonance calendars, and that's for just collecting information that I read or listen to, watch during the week. Now you might be thinking, I read so much, but I don't retain what I read. And I was there. I was in the same place. I would reflect on all the content I've read over time. However, not all of it would stick. And what I learned is that this system helps make 
information stick more. And something that Tiago teaches is that we can consume and consume and consume. However, that isn't getting us really much. We're not doing a lot with the information we're consuming. So we can reduce the amount of information we consume and we can focus on the information that is going to be high leverage for us to use and make part of our lives. And the way we can do that is by using this tool of a second brain. So Notion is really great, super easy for me to capture content, just copy paste, plop it in. I can move things around very easily. Uh, it's a really great piece of software that I've been very happy with. The plus of Notion is it's so customizable. The downfall of Notion is, is it's so customizable. So I really caution people to not spend too much time tweaking their systems if really what they're trying to do is to learn and to use information in better, more refinable ways. So now that you have Para, now that you are using a system like Notion, you can use Evernote, whatever works for you. The point of it is around a mnemonic that Tiago uses, which I like a lot, that frames what learning is about, and that is code. Collect, organize, distill, express. So we collect information that we are reading, we're consuming, could be magazines, blogs, podcasts, all sorts of things. And once we've collected one item, we need to do something with it. If it, if it has information that is valuable for us to start leveraging in our lives, we should do something with that. So put it into your system, create a page in Notion for it, put it under a, if it's a project or it's an area of interest or if it's a resource, the difference between an area and a resource is an area is something you're responsible for, but you don't come back to constantly. And a resource is more like an article you want to read about a specific topic. For me, that's product management. So I have a, re a resources area for product management and other topics I'm interested in. Another uh, mnemonic I love that David Perel came up with, which I think is the kind of the same thing as code, which is fast, find, assemble, speak, teach. And what I found is that by writing, that really helps keep a lot of the information that we are reading and consuming. If we put it into our own words and we manipulate the ideas, move them around, it really develops connections in our brain to help us remember. It creates new connections that once we start thinking through a moment over time, it will become a habit to access that information. It just makes it so easy. And I love making things easy for myself uh, for, for learning and being successful. So what I recommend, find a tool to use and start using it. Start collecting information. Don't go overboard. You know, you can collect and collect and collect. However, what are you, what are you going to do with the information? How, how is it going to add leverage to your life through, through the activities you're trying to do? Now let's go back to code. Collect, organize, distill, express. If you have Para, you have projects, areas, resources, or archives, you can, now that you've collected information, organize it into the different buckets it exists in. And then once it's organized, start distilling it. That could be highlights. Most articles have a singular key idea, key sentence, few phrases. That's what most articles are. The rest are details, stories, explainers, information that really helps sell those main points. But we can, if we trust that author, we can take those nuggets of information and do something now with that information. Now that it's all distilled, we really want to express it 
and put it into our own words. And that's where the learning is happening because we are manipulating the information and reframing how it can be used and putting it into our own experiences, trying to funnel it through all the different ways that we think of things. And that really is the work of learning. It is looking at an idea from many different angles, putting it into our own words, making it part of ourselves. Okay, let's get into Act 2. That, that was a lot to go over. And Act 2 is about smart notes. It's more of the process of working with the information that we're learning and doing something with it. So there's another book I read called How to Take Smart Notes by Sonka Arens. In this book, Sonka describes the process that Nicholas Luhmann, a German sociologist, took to become a prolific writer of published papers in the scientific discipline of sociology. The system Nicholas Luhmann came up with is called a slipbox, and in German it's called Zettelkasten, which is a slipbox. It's very similar to the concept of a second brain, however it was based on a physical system. The slipbox contained notes with links to other notes. There was an order to how the notes were taken, and there were tags that would connect the different ideas of the notes to other notes. This could be applied to a more digital technology. Uh, one you can use would be Obsidian. You can still use Notion, however, it's not so great at the connecting the links to different notes as uh, something like Obsidian or Rome Researches. However, the, the same effect is created. This person, Nicholas Luhmann, became highly prolific in his field of study so when you get into how to take smart notes, it's very similar to a lot of the concepts of the second brain with nuances. In the book, he describes three types of notes. Fleeting, which are those scraps of paper that you take for various reasons. Likely most are thrown away. Some you keep. Project notes, those are notes relevant to the status of a project, how it's progressing or not. Then there are the important notes. Those are the singular ideas that a note is focused on with enough information that if you were to come back to it in the future, you would have everything that you need to know to understand the idea. You can look at the references and all the important information. It's a very succinct idea around a, a note. Now, this is not a process that I'm doing actively. A lot of my, my second brain systems come out of the blogging, the podcasting, the videos I produce, uh, presentations I create. Those are ways that I'm refining my information, sharing them in different mediums, in different styles of communicating. I have not totally mastered this idea of writing a singular note. However, I do think that a lot of the learnings from this process are super key to how to learn, how to establish a learning habit. And what it comes down to is a variety of different techniques. One is elaboration on what you're learning, so adding your own details, relating it to your life, relating it to experiences you've had, spacing it out. Space repetition is a very common and popular way to continually to learn because the forgetting curve causes us to eject information that is irrelevant to us. And we need to get that learning from our short-term memory into our long-term memory. It also helps to vary the context and how you are communicating and understanding and learning information, communicating via different mediums in different locations, just find different ways to communicate and to learn the content 
it will help you in the case that what if you need to perform, however you're doing it in a completely different venue or place or thought process, it's harder to apply the things you learned if you only learn them in one scenario, in a classroom, sitting at a desk. What if you're not sitting at a desk? What if you need to do it in a different place? And finally, try to retrieve that information. From what I've been learning, the active retrieval of information, if you try to express, teach people, it really comes down to you remembering what you're trying to teach. If you can't remember it, it's gonna be tough. But forcing yourself to recall what you know will help those mental connections stick. And it's just super valuable and helpful to, to do and think through. And finally, with smart notes, I recommend attempting to link ideas together. Find the interconnecting points in even odd or strange things. Let me give you an example of some idea that really connected for me in a completely random area. Uh, you'll see a lot of parallels in, in history and stories from one activity to another activity that makes things sort of connect. And I think that really helps learning as a process. So I read this book about the Byzantine Empire. And in it, you learn about the Justinian time, about Belisarius, about how the Roman Empire, especially the Eastern Roman Empire, conquered lots of territory. However, like many ancient rulers of lands, Conquering is the easy part, but maintaining those lands is the hard part. You can expand very quickly and fast, and on a scorecard, you might have achieved a victory. However, if your thought process is, well, we still need to tax these people and help them build our empire and make them part of our empire, you're not really going to be successful if you quickly lose that territory. And I could apply that to offering products to people. We can definitely capture many consumers of our product and try to satisfy new markets and more and more markets. However, if we're not offering value to those markets and we're not able to consistently deliver value, we are gonna lose that opportunity that we had. So I thought that was a really cool idea that I could link together. And if I'm gonna link notes together, I might say, okay, Byzantine Empire, uh, Justinian time period, okay, conquering, Conquering territory. What's the point of conquering territory? And then what's the point of offering products? Well, I can find a interconnecting idea around sustainable growth. Like what does sustainable growth look like? What's what are the key notes that are related to sustainable growth? Well, sustainable growth of a of a city, of an empire, sustainable growth of a product, of services. So that's a really interesting way that I can connect a linking idea to really disparate ideas or concepts that I'm learning. However, because I've created that connection now, I have an interesting way that I can look at something and I can find new stories or content to create based on some of these ideas that I'm, I'm now framing through material I'm reading. And it just makes it more fun to learn and read about things when you're doing something actively with it or you find a new insight into a topic that no one had really seen yet. So let's get into act three. This act is the most important, and that is making it a habit. I like to call back to the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, and one of the key elements in this book is that habit change is best done with identity change. If you change your identity, you will more likely 
adopt the habits that you need to be that type of person you want to be. So what I recommend, if you want to be a constant learner, a lifelong learner, change your identity to be that. Be a prolific learner. Be a prolific creator of content through your learning. And what that is going to do for you is that you are going to be more disciplined and practiced in doing the work of learning. Benjamin Franklin has this idea of the five-hour rule that five hours a week you are spending time to learn. We could take it up a notch based on a daily habit of clear goals that Stephen Kotler recommends. We can put it on our task list that every day we're doing something that is going to bump us up towards being that constant learner. What that is going to do for you is it is going to make it so easy to be successful and disciplined and achieving new hard things that you wouldn't have done before because there was too much activation energy you required to get started. Let's reduce that need for activation energy and make doing the hard work the first thing we do every morning. Some people like to do a concept around morning pages where they freehand write all kinds of ideas in the morning. Other people like to type six pages a day. The The key idea behind all of this and all the great producers of work is they're disciplined. They show up, they do the work, and they create so much content and value and ideas, and they're constantly learning. However, because they're constantly creating and creating and creating, they have a lot to work with. And then they can take all that content and edit it down to something that's more workable and understandable and ultimately make a system for your learning. What I really love about creating a system, a knowledge management system, a learning system, a, a process to leverage and use your habits in your daily life and maybe verifying that you're sticking to those habits each week is that it makes it so simple and easy. You don't need to think anything at all. You just show up, you do the thing, you move on, and you continue with your life. And because of those very micro habits you do in your day-to-day, you end up leading into something very huge in what you can achieve in life. And that is very inspiring. However, it's also cool because we do something small to change in our lives and to help others That isn't much more than what other people do. The problem with a lot of people is that they're just not consistent enough. They don't get that dopamine hit soon enough, and they don't feel like they want to continue to show up. And because we choose to show up, because we want to be there, we want to take place and take part in this hard thing we're trying to achieve, that's why we're successful. We're successful because we keep showing up, and not because of any special talent we have, not because we're smarter, not because of anything in particular. It's really because we set the time aside to do the work, to think, to refine our ideas, to refine the content, to do something more with what we're taking in and crafting something that others can value, they can understand. The great part of this process is that even though it's not super clear, how is this going to help me make money? How is this going to help me be successful? If you love doing it, if you enjoy doing these things and you are putting work out into the world, even if it's a rough draft, even if it's a less rough draft, you are getting feedback, people are 
interacting with your content. They're telling you what you should do more or less of. And over time, you will have a massive trove of knowledge, information, learning, stories to share. I really don't see a downside of doing this as a process. It seems so simple and easy and straightforward and not a challenge to do. You will be somewhere remarkable in two years. Okay, let's wrap up. This episode was about learning. It was about making a system for storing your ideas that you can refine over time to create new works of value for other people, which also helps you learn what you're you're reading about and consuming. Taking smart notes, understanding that the work of learning is the working and shaping the information and knowledge, how it fits in your own words so that you can internalize it. And finally, making it a habit. Show up every day, do a little bit. The more you spread it out over a little bit of time, the easier it's going to be to keep doing and to be sustainable in the long run. And you will create content and you will create value over time that will be a big leverage point for you. And I I just don't see any downside to doing this as a process other than it it takes time and effort. However, you can find the time. You can reduce doing something else and do this instead. I think it's very valuable. In summation, make learning a process, a system that you offload and you just do to get it done. I really recommend it. Check out Tiago Forte. Check out How to Take Smart Notes. Atomic Habits, of course, if you're looking to change the habits that you incorporate into your daily life, identity change by far is the fastest, easiest way to start doing those activities. And I really recommend that you make this a habit yourself. Create a knowledge management system, pull in ideas, and shape them over time. I really only think it's going to benefit you and pay off. Well, that was the podcast today. I love learning. I think it's awesome. I love applying new ideas in different ways. It often doesn't work. However, when it does, it's so satisfying. It's so fun. And I hope that you can have fun as well through this process. Thank you, and you have a great week.